Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Kind. Make It Kind. M.I.P. With Massimella Mark Thompson. Make It Kind. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, we're always happy when we have president of the oldest and the boldest, the most cussed, most discussed, most feared, most revered civil rights organization, the NAACP, here with us on Make It Plain. We welcome back President and CEO Derek Johnson. Derek, hope you and yours had a happy and safe Thanksgiving, man. Did you? Uh, it was a blessing to be with the family. Uh, we didn't do much. We ate, slept, ate, slept, television, slept, ate. You know, that's the routine. It was it was a good thing about it, Mark. I didn't do it just for one day. I did it for all five days. All five time days. Off. Oh, yeah, from Thursday to Sunday. Well, that's good. And the best part about it, I, I see you're, you're still home and being safe. So that's a good thing, too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, down in Mississippi, y'all. So, okay. You and the NAACP, not to mention the other civil rights organizations, have reached out to Biden the Biden-Harris transition reached out to Biden and Harris, and they've yet to schedule a meeting? No, we're scheduled now. But yeah, it took you know longer than we would have thought it for it to take. And this is a president who said that he has four pillars to his administration, one of which we racial justice, and yet uh, we're a month out from the election and not a single civil rights organization have had a meeting with him since the election. Uh, you know, there is a lot going on, but when I begin to look at the board, uh, we see that climate is a, a priority, and he's appointed former Senator John Kerry as the climate czar. We commend that. We support it. I look at the transition team. I see labor is represented. We actually support labor. I see uh, Sierra Club listed. I, you know, you see all type of entities listed, but no civil rights listed. So how can you have racial justice if early on you don't include 
in the conversation. We want to be seen for the input as much as the outputs. Mm-hmm. And far too often, people want to you know look at what can we do in terms of turning out the votes, the outputs. What will we do in terms of supporting the issue, the outputs? But we need to get the table for the input on the front end as well. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's very important. Um, so a meeting has finally been scheduled. I know there was there was a lot of reporting that you all couldn't get a response, but a meeting has now been scheduled. Meeting has been scheduled. Okay, okay. But it shouldn't have taken the outcry. I think is the point. Correct. I mean, it should have been an automatic an automatic thing. Well, you know the the statement FDR said, "I agree with you, not make me do it." So if that's what we got to do, that's what we have to do. We're at with advocacy group. That's our that's our role. Now yeah. you you would have thought uh, that it wouldn't have taken this long if someone had said as their priority racial justice is is a no brainer. However, uh, we we must make sure people don't conflate having black people in the room is not racial justice. That's having capable, competent people in the room about their expertise, not racial justice. Yeah, yeah. And and that's not their expertise. No, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And he also said, I mean, he's the only president-elect I've ever heard vocalize the African-American community had my back and now I'm going to have yours. So mm-hmm. again, you would have expected there. We know black folk who haven't said that to us that they've had our back. So to hear something like that from the president, it's like, so, so what's up now? That's the meeting again. And you've alluded to this to appointments because that's the other issue. There should be a meeting, but you all also raised the concern about the diversity um, in appointments. And frankly, now, other communities have done the, the Asian American community has spoken out. The Latinx community, people in general are saying, well, we see some diversity, but not enough. And particularly in senior roles. Right. There, there are a lot of deputies right now and under folk, but there should be more diversity in some of these senior roles, too. Right. But we're early in the process. And that's why we didn't want to get too far down the line before roles are filled out and we you have over 4700 appointments only 1300 or so require confirmation we haven't scratched the surface of one percent of the appointments that's going to be required but for for the NAACP we don't want to wait to February to say hey where's the diversity it's too late mm-hmm. and more importantly it's not about the appointments alone it's about making sure racial justice is in the center of every discussion, not just the discussion with black people at the table, every discussion. If if they made an appointment, the head of Homeland Security is, is a Latino, that's great. But what is the policy priorities he's taking into that? How is he evaluating that with a racialized lens? I understand the impact it will have on communities. That's the real conversation. Because we've had the head of HUD uh, for the last four years who's African-American, and the concept of race was outside of the of the discussion. In fact, the issue of race was being attacked. So it's yeah. not about black faces in high places. It is about making sure that the value proposition, that our lives are central to any decision, that the outcome should not have an adverse effect and wherever possible should advance our opportunities. That's what we need to be talking about. 
Right, right. As a matter of fact, uh, Secretary of Hood Ben Carson is being sued by the lawyers committed for civil rights under law as we speak for discrimination. So you're right, you know, black face, but not really up to the task. So when you meet with Biden and Harris on next week, obviously you'll be raising the issues of priorities and appointments. What what, what else are you going to raise with the uh, with the two of them? Well, that's, I mean, that, this is an opportunity for us to table set. This is a, listen, if racial justice is going to be citizens and civil administration, here are the civil rights organizations. Let's have a conversation about the impact of decisions and how that's going to unfold. This is about establishing our cadence for the uh, ongoing conversation. So it's not about, I want one, two, three, four, five. Okay, you're going to give me three and five. What about eight? That, you know, this is not about the transaction now. This is about making sure we have the right tone, the right cadence, the right value proposition conversation moving forward. And if we don't, then we have to assume our role like everyone has to assume their role. But I don't think it's going to come to it because it's not adversarial. This is, you stated that racial justice is going to be one of your four pillars. Now let's talk about how would that look? How are you going to roll that out? How can we provide some input into that process? Yeah, and 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 obviously that's very important. We should note too, Joe Biden in and I'm, I'm presumably Kamala Harris too, but Joe Biden, it is well known, and he brags about it, is a member of the oldest civil rights organization in America, is he not? A life member, I think. A, a life member. That's what I'm saying. This is not an adversarial conversation. This is about table setting. If one of your four pillars is racial justice, here we are. Let's have that conversation because up to this point, I haven't seen this conversation being established with any regular cadence. And how are you going to prioritize this? I see how you're going to prioritize the COVID response. That's one of your pillars. You've announced that you will be heading it up. He's, he's going to be there. You're looking at the 100-day mask requirement. You can succinctly talk about what you're going to do. I like that. I can hear very clearly how you are positioning climate as a important. You're going to re-enter us into the Paris Accord. You've established a former U.S. senator who's a billionaire who's coming off the bench to play this role. So he's not going to come just be in a ceremony position because he, he, you know, he can do so many other things. He will have title. He will have budget. He will have authority. Mm-hmm. I can see how that's being positioned. That's very important. I can see how you're going to address the economic crisis that we're confronted with. You've established your, your selections for there. You put some good people in place, and they are looking at a way forward. It's going to be important for this country to solve that mystery, particularly in the African-American community. I have not seen, I have not heard how you're going to deal with racial injustice. Yeah. And, and obviously establishing a kind of relationship where the administration is in consultation with the NAACP. I mean, I mean, ultimately, you know, that's the the accountability. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, The expertise when it comes to civil rights, social justice, and racial justice is housed in the NAACP. So, you know, you don't have to go and manufacture someone else who, as you alluded to, doesn't necessarily even have the experience that the NAACP has, establish that relationship and that ongoing liaison. 
That, I mean, that's that's when I say the cadence of the conversation. How frequently, you know what, you know how are we going to do this? These are all things that's important. If it's going to be one of your four priorities, let's not have it a priority in language and not in action. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we have not talked since uh, election day. Um, your for audience to hear and hopefully they've been following some of it, but but to hear from your own words, uh, your reaction to the Trump campaign's targeting of African-American uh, voters, areas where African-Americans voted more heavily than other areas, targeting those areas to have those votes, you know, be thrown out, including, you know, one of your hometowns of 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 Detroit and Michigan. Yeah, it, it, it was part of the course for this administration. They have, it's been an ongoing open attack, not dog whistle against African-Americans and Latinos. And in his effort to salvage any hope of, of reversing the outcome of the election, I, I pretty much tried to steal the election. He went to black cities and black voters and he did all he could to do so. But where everywhere he filed the lawsuit, we filed, a, we filed to intervene in the lawsuit, we filed an immediate brief, or we entered the lawsuit. Whether it was in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, which is Pittsburgh, whether it was Philadelphia, whether it was in Michigan, in Ohio, in Nevada, uh, we everywhere they were filing lawsuits, we were right there filing at the exact same time. Because his goal was to subvert democracy, damn near treason is act. And he could not tolerate that. Fortunately, People woke up and, and sobered up to say, we're not going to do this, whether it's the secretary of state in Georgia or governor, whether it was the, uh, the, the heads of the House and the Senate in Michigan. Fortunately, they stepped up and said, we're not going to do this. We are now hearing the stories about it's coming to light that 200,000 voters have been purged from Georgia, uh, not necessarily right immediately but cumulatively that has been discovered you know what are your thoughts about that a suit has been filed there by the national bar association what are your thoughts derek um i mean secretary of state of george you just mentioned didn't go along with the trump plan seems to me he would just take care of this too and, and restore those two hundred thousand voters to the role especially in such an important runoff well, we're going to see the outcome of the uh, NBA uh, lawsuits. Fortunately, the head of the NBA, CK, she lives right there in Atlanta. Uh, and so we're going to hope that, that the outcome of that, that, ele- that lawsuit uh, goes well, while at the exact same time there were uh, aggressive efforts to register in the individuals, check registration, and get people back on the, on the roles who, for some reason, were purged. That's one of the reasons uh, that's why it was important to have Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act in place. Jurisdictions was, would not have been allowed to do this, that to do these random purges uh, was was something you had to get pre cleared on the front end. And you definitely could have done anything like this 90 days before the election. And so uh, restoring critical components of the Voting Rights Act was going to be also essential. Um, and lastly, I guess that will be one of the priorities of the NAACP in the new year, seeing to it uh, that the John Lewis Voting Rights Act is passed. Um, Democrats obviously lost a few seats in in the House, but they still have the majority. So we can't really ease up 
on the pedal to trying to get that bill through, can we? We, we, we have to look at reauthorization as well as expanding access to voting. But I recognize also clear that the Voting Rights Act was a great document during this time, but it was not a perfect document. It was a compromised document, but a great document. It was perhaps one of the most uh, liberating pieces of civil rights legislation that came out of the 1960s because it opened up the opportunity for African-Americans to uh, exercise their franchise, particularly in the former Confederate South, where the majority of African-Americans live. Uh, but again, it wasn't a perfect document. And so we need to reauthorize those essential uh, components, as well as look at other policies that can expand voting, particularly when we, be, we are seeing more and more uh, incidents of vote suppression outside of what was formerly the covered jurisdiction. And that's why that's one of the reasons why it wasn't a perfect document, but it was a great document. Right, right, right. And and we're seeing new forms of suppression and uh, creative ones as well. So you're right. You're absolutely right. Derek Johnson, folks, is president of the ACP, is going to be meeting finally uh, with the Biden-Harris administration. We're glad that uh, those calls were made, those public calls were made, and now it is happening. And as he said, uh, this was going to uh, affect the, you know, the culture, the, the tone, how this is going to happen and happen on a continuing basis. So we look forward to hearing about that once the meeting takes place. Derek Johnson, thank you, brother. Thank you always, brother. Take care now. All right, you too. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe. And wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.